0: hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 37 of Hack to Start. This episode features Liz Wessel, the co-founder and CEO of Campus Job. Tyler and I wanted to invite Liz onto the show to share her insights on building startups, creating impact, and much more.
1: Liz previously started two campus-focused startups before taking a job with Google to learn more about how companies could have a huge impact on so many different people. After two years and several major campaigns and living in India, Liz came back to start campus job. After closing a seed round within a month, she and the team decided to join Y Combinator and are currently completing the program. So let's get to it.
0: Hey, Liz, thanks for being on the show today.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: So we always like to start off by getting to know uh, more about our guests. So can you let us know, know where you're from, what did you study, and how did your passion for entrepreneurship develop?
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm Liz Wessel. I am the co-founder and CEO of CampusJob.com. Um, CampusJob is the largest online marketplace for college students to find part-time jobs and internships. Um, I'm from New York City originally, and um, in college at the University of Pennsylvania, I studied math, poli sci, and Japanese. Um, and my interest for entrepreneurship came from um, my sophomore year of college when I started my first small business um, that actually ended up growing pretty quickly. And I ended up franchising it out to other schools, etc. And so I would say that was the first time I truly realized that I wanted to be an entrepreneur um, for the rest of my life.
0: That's awesome. So you mentioned that you studied political science, um, and you actually ended up interning on Capitol Hill for a congresswoman and then ended up joining Hillary Clinton's campaign team as a finance intern in 2007. So what was that whole experience like?
2: Yeah, so you're bringing me way back. Um, this was back when I was 15, 16, and 17 years old in high school. Um, so basically, my parents were uh, are a judge and a lawyer, my mom and dad, respectively. And so I grew up kind of having um, admiration for lawmakers and lawyers, et cetera. And so um, politics was always something that I thought I wanted to do with my life. Hillary Clinton, um, big role models of mine. And so uh, when I became a, I think it was a sophomore in high school... I decided that I wanted to actually try politics out, and so I went to Capitol Hill. I, th- I was the youngest intern when I started there um, on the entire hill, and I had an amazing time. I worked for a phenomenal congresswoman, Rosa DeLauro, and um, learned a lot. And then while I was out there, Hillary and Obama's campaigns really got started, and so I um, really gravitated towards Hillary and what she stood for and decided to actually work for her for all of my senior year of high school, um, so, uh, first semester, senior year of high school, I'd actually gotten into University of Pennsylvania early, and so I spent a lot of my senior year traveling with the Clintons or the campaign and doing really amazing um, things only an intern on Hillary Clinton's campaign could do. So it was a lot of fun.
0: That sounds awesome. And and you also mentioned that you were learning Japanese. Uh, why Japanese? What uh, what gravitated you towards that?
2: great question honestly I loved sushi my dad is addicted to sushi and he taught me early on how great sushi could be and so I um, when when I had to choose I think I was like 11 years old but my middle school forces you to choose really early on which language you want to study and I thought everyone else does Spanish so I don't want to do that um, and the other options, were like French, which I didn't really want to do. I I didn't love French food at the time. Now I do. Um, But Japanese definitely stuck out to me. And I said, well, if I can order my sushi in Japanese, maybe I'll get free sushi, which actually ended up happening. So that's That's why I originally chose it.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) So you started a few different startups before campus job, typically in a college niche. Can you give us the elevator pitch for Penn Eats and later Uni Eats? I'm guessing there was some sort of pivot here.
2: Yes. So um, Penn Eats. So when I was a sophomore at Penn, um, I realized, I I knew I wanted to start some kind of a business. Um, And my boyfriend at the time, now just a friend, um, and I came up with this idea where if I went around to all the restaurants on campus and told them that I asked them to give 10% off as a discount to every single student who showed a card that had their logo on it. And they all agreed. And so um, over the summer between sophomore and junior year of college, I went to a card printing manufacturer and I got thousands of cards printed that had logos of all the restaurants on campus. And then I went back to campus um, my junior year. And, and actually, in between the two during that summer, I was in Japan. So I was doing the, all of this from Japan and um, I went back to school to Penn and I ended up just hiring a bunch of college students, and this is actually comes into play with what I'm doing now, but I hired dozens of college students at Penn to help me with selling these cards and I would give them commission. and we would sell them from anywhere from 10 to fifteen dollars. and we sold thousands of them. and so, we ended up selling a bunch. It was a successful business. And I realized that I wanted to grow this into something um, that could help other students because a bunch of students from other campuses throughout the country had been contacting me saying, hey, my friends at Penn told me about Penn Eats. Can I bring this to my college? Can you help me? So I decided to franchise it. And I ended up um, hiring, you know, almost franchising it out to a few other schools. And that's when it became Uni Eats. Um, And it wasn't as successful any of the other schools that it was at Penn, but it definitely did turn a profit at some of the other schools as well. So that was a lot of fun. And that was really my first time um, encountering what it was like to hire people to work with businesses um, when you're actually taking some of their money, um, when you're helping explain a value prop to them, etc.
1: That's really cool. So so after this experience, you then founded the Campus Rep. So what did this uh, startup focus on?
2: Okay. So basically my senior year of college, I had been an Anheuser-Busch campus rep throughout college, meaning I got to represent Budweiser on campus throughout college, which is awesome, obviously. And every frat guy especially kept contacting me saying, hey, I want to work for Budweiser. How can I do that? And um, I realized a lot of my startup friends as well were telling me that they wanted to hire students who are influencers like I was um, to represent their brands. And so I saw some kind of a... A gap in the market where students wanted these campus rep jobs and startups and, and even Fortune 500s like Anheuser-Busch wanted to hire students to represent their brands. So senior year of college, very early on, I got um, a job offer to Google that I ended up taking. And so for the rest of my year, I teamed up with my now co-founder of this other business, um, but JJ and a few other friends. And we built what was the campus rep, which was a way for college students to find campus rep jobs and for businesses to find students to hire for those roles. Um, And that actually, I can tell the story of how, you know, over two years, um, that website was actually the only site that did that. It was the only way for business to find students to hire for campus rep jobs, unless they wanted to stalk a bunch of students on Facebook. And so we decided we would uh we saw that growth was really phenomenal. Fortune 500s were using it. Startups were using it. Startups that are now worth billions of dollars were using it. And tens of thousands of students. And yet we weren't putting a dollar into anything other than Amazon hosting costs for like five bucks a month. And so we thought there was something there. Um, and so two years later, I was actually living in India. And JJ was living in New York. Um, and we got in touch and decided we wanted to um, use the inspiration and all of our learnings from the campus rep to actually shut it down but launch something that was much better and bigger and would solve a bigger problem, which is the fact that career services offices tend to be pretty understaffed, under budgeted, under resourced, and that it's really hard for a college student to find any type of part time job, internship, or even entry level job, and that we wanted to fix that. So we ended up shutting down the campus rep um, last July and launched. The campus job uh, just a month later and we contacted all of the first students and said, hey, this is your chance. Try out campusjob.com. We'll never contact you again. So we had some users come over to the new site, um, but we started afresh. But definitely the campus rep gave us a lot of learnings that we used when starting this new business.
1: So you were accepted to Y Combinator for campus job. Would you be able to walk us through like what the application process was like?
2: Yeah, so I would say maybe we had a little bit of an unusual experience. Um, we were not planning to apply to Y Combinator in November. We had already raised um, a seed round. So I, I mentioned I lived in India, so I moved back from India July 1st. I quit Google. I was working at Google, so I quit Google July 15th. We raised about a $1 million by the end of July and so we didn't know that we, we didn't think we really would need Y Combinator because it's supposed to help you with growth and with um, with raising money. And we already saw growth and we already had raised money. And so we decided that um, we didn't think we would want to apply. But one of the partners actually reached out to us and really convinced us to think more about it. Um, and so we ended up talking to our seed investors and two in particular, David Tish and Adam Rothenberg, who had started Techstars, actually were two of the people who you know nudged us towards applying and learning more about it. And we did. And um, we really made a video very quickly. It's now, I think, online on YouTube. Anyone can find it. But we made a video super quickly, uploaded it, um, and then just kind of submitted the application late hoped for the best they flew us out to California and we fell in love with the partners and the program immediately and decided it was the right choice to actually do it and now we haven't we have one week left of Y Combinator and our team has just grown so much the product has grown the business has grown it's been phenomenal and we have you know lifelong mentors out of it
1: so what was some of the biggest high- highlights by going through the program
2: Um, Great question. I would say um, the partners for sure. So the partners are some of the most bright and well-connected people I've ever met. Um, no matter what I have a question about, they know the answer or they know someone who knows the answer. Um, And then I would say they, uh, you know, so they're very open to helping with whatever you need them to help with. And it's pretty fascinating how they've seen really anything. Like we sometimes think that we have a problem that there's no way they've solved before, but they have, they've seen it and they've solved it. And so it's pretty awesome. Um, I would say that's probably been the biggest highlight. And then also um, I will say our batch is uh, very large. It's the largest that there has ever been at Y Combinator. So while we haven't gotten to know as many companies um, as deeply as we would have liked, um, all of the companies that we've really gotten to know have been awesome, and we learn from one another, and they're super smart. And so it's been a great community to be a part of. That
1: sounds like a great experience. So what do you guys? What can we expect from Campus Job in two thousand
2: fifteen? Great question. Um, honestly, our goal for this year is growth. Um, Mm -hmm. growth within the US for now at least Um, we want to grow our team we want to grow our um, reach to students we so right now we're growing at about 8 to 10,000 new students registering every week and we think we can even get that to be more once we build out an even stronger network effect Um, we want to grow on the employer side and have even more diversity of employers um, we want to grow on the revenue side. So we make money every time a student applies to a job and that student has to be qualified to apply for the job. Um, and so, you know, we like making money because it means that students are applying to jobs that they're qualified for. So we, we hope to grow in all aspects of the business.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, earlier you mentioned that, that you worked at Google. So I just want to hop back to, to that, you know, in between startups, um, you were basically managing brand moments and, and partnerships. So some of those brand moments, what it includes, um, were managing like an Oscar partnership website. Um, we'll link to that. The Google Knows April Fool's prank. We'll link to that to uh, National Geographic campaign, Google Zeitgeist 2012 Um, You know, these aren't small projects, so what was it like working on some of that stuff and and how did you, you know, help coordinate so many moving parts to make those things a success?
2: Yeah, it's pretty insane. I think during my two years at Google, it was exactly about 24 months, and during the two years I worked on, um, I think it was like 26 videos and 12 websites. So, yeah, it was amazing learning curve. I mean, for a campus job, I do most of the UI and UX, and that's only because of the fact that I work so closely with engineers doing websites at at Google. And I also manage all the projects for all the videos we have. If you go to youtube.com slash Job, you'll see a bunch of videos. And we actually hire college students to make those videos, but I work closely with them on those, and that's from my learnings from Google as well. Um, I would say at Google, the teams I was on um, had – a few awesome advantages to being on those teams. Number one, they had budget. So I was able to, you know, pull off really interesting and unique um, projects and campaigns that would really bring happiness and delight to users. And then, I also got the opportunity to kind of travel around the world and meet amazing partners and businesses and uh, government employees, et cetera, who wanted to just work with Google. And it's really cool when you work at a company where everyone wants to work with you. So it provided me with a lot of opportunity to do awesome things that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. And then in terms of just juggling everything, um, you would notice that every project would only go for about one to three months on average. So I would work on a project for one to three months, and there might be like two or three weeks of overlap at the end of that project um, when the next project starts, but it tended to be in chronological order. So April Fool's, for example, the second it finished, I was working on Mother's Day. Um, the second M- Mother's Day finished, I worked on a summer campaign, et cetera.
0: That's cool. And so for some of those external partnerships, like with governments or, or other bigger organizations, um, you know, did you need to go out and find those partners or uh, was it just in terms of, of managing them? Any process or tips uh, that you can share about that?
2: Yeah, um, it tended to be... Honestly, I'm a user. You're probably a user, I'm guessing, if you've ever been to Google.com yes. um, or Gmail. Go- Google and owns
0: a lot of my information. There you go. <laughs>
2: um, so um, I honestly would... Um, just kind of think of, well, what would I want to know? So so my job was to help people understand how Google could help them. And so what I loved about my role was that I would learn something new every day and say, wow, Google can help me understand this. Well, let's apply that to whatever kind of, for my first year at least at Google, well, let's apply this to whatever, um, you know, event or holiday is coming up so we can make sure that it's really part of people's lives. Um, so just as an example with that, with the Oscars, February, I think it was 2013 at the time, um, there were just all these amazing um certain trends that you could look at and you know sometimes trends we saw that the amount people were googling each of the nominees actually somewhat correlated to who won and we thought that was really interesting and so we applied that to the Oscars and we had a whole Oscars page around that and then we did a video around it and um, lots of interesting content Um, and so you know it was more just about how we can teach our users how to make the most out of Google.
0: And so you also mentioned, you know, traveling to India. And so that was actually with with Google as well. Um, So there, um, you know, as part of the Google India marketing team, uh, you led the Google Impact Challenge, uh, the great online shopping festivals, uh, even an election campaign. So first of all, um, can you walk us through, you know, what the Google Impact Challenge is? And, And secondly, how did you come across the opportunity to be able to move to India and do all these things?
2: Yeah. So I'll start with why I moved to India. So um, I knew when I joined Google that I would eventually want to leave and start my own company. And I think part of starting a company, if you want to start something big, is that you want to um, create something that can impact a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, in the US, I did not feel as though my role was teaching me about how I can have a huge impact on changing the lives of billions of people. Um, I was definitely working in an emerged market, which is the US um, and not emerging markets. And so I realized if I wanna learn about how I can help the next few billion people who are gonna be coming online, I have to just go there. Um, And I only speak English and Japanese and even my Japanese is not so great anymore. And so um, the only emerging market that speaks English in the office is India. So I chose India because it's an emerging market. It has really interesting problems. And I spoke the language that they speak in the office. So once I moved to India, I I was able to work on three really interesting projects. First was the Google impact challenge. So Google actually goes around the world and runs contests in specific countries. The first one ever was the UK. And then they went to India. Um, I believe they've done one in Brazil, another one in the UK, etc. And um, they actually let any and uh, any nonprofit um, submit an idea for if we had x. Ex- x thousand dollars or x million dollars, here is what we would do with that money to create a new technology that can better my country or even the world. And so we ran that contest in India and it was a huge success. It was the largest uh, group had seen with the Google Impact Challenge to date. And so um, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot very quickly about all of the problems that were, or about many of the problems that were facing India and that were on people's minds. Um, So after the Google Impact Challenge Uh, Google actually, Cyber Monday is such a part of culture in the U.S., but in India, Google actually created what Cyber Monday is, and they call it the Great Online Shopping Festival. And so I ran that project, which gave me a lot of great B2B experience um, and really helped me understand e-commerce in India, which is very, very different than e-commerce in the U.S. And then after that, um, I spent about five months working on an India elections project. It was really interesting. They put me on three projects where I was like the only at the time when I first got there, the only non-Indian person, let alone the only non-Indian woman in the office. And they put me on all of these very India, India heavy projects. Um, But it was a lot of fun. And I got to work with some of the biggest Bollywood actors and actresses in the world, as well as um, some amazing uh, government parties. And it was
0: a lot of fun. That's awesome. So outside of work, are there any, you know, uh, amazing moments that stand out or, or great stories about your time in India exploring a different culture? Oh,
2: yeah, I went to over 20 cities in India and 16 countries in wow. my one year there. Um, so I, it's, it was awesome. I would say favorite country for sure was Sri Lanka outside of India. Um, and no one ever goes there. I feel like Americans don't go to Sri Lanka. And so I've been telling all my friends they have to start going. And I would just, try, if flights were so cheap that I would leave on a Friday at like 5pm and come back on a Monday at 5am. And um, I I was living in just south of Delhi. uh, And I would just go to all these new countries and pay like $200 round trip and go to this place with a backpack and you know, nothing else and just backpack around and meet a rickshaw driver who would drive me around. It was a lot of fun. So um, (laughs) a million stories from those experiences for
0: sure. Sounds great. It's uh, India's totally on my list of places to check out. I actually lived in Turkey for a year, um, but uh, but haven't made it any further than that.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. No, you have to go. I do warn every American though. Just make sure you take probiotics before <laughs> and when you go because otherwise your stomach will not love you.
0: I bet. I bet. Um, so what are what are some of the biggest lessons you learned from your time at Google? Anything? Any, anything you can pass on or share?
2: Yeah. Um, I would say number one, think big. Um, I, I think that Google became Google because they thought big, and I'm sure when they were first starting up, no one believed that it could come what it become what it has become. Um, and so I try to apply that to everything we do at Campus Job. I mean, Campus Job right now is um, the largest marketplace for college students to find part-time jobs and internships, and, but it's U.S. only, and it's only part-time jobs and internships, um, and it's only college students, and I think that there's a million ways we could go with that and really add add scale. So I would say think big um, is definitely the first and then focus on your user and all else will follow is something that, you know, Google really ingrains that mentality and all Googlers is what we were called, the employees. Mm -hmm. Um, And I truly believe that through and through and our entire team, we don't care if we make $0 in revenue one day, as long as all of our users are happy, we know that um, the business revenue employers, et cetera, will follow. And so far that's led us to success for sure. So I would say those are my two biggest learnings from Google.
1: So where do you see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs and are there any technologies or industries that really interest you right now?
2: Where do I see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs? Um, I think it's a great question. Um, I would say right now it seems as though you can make a business out of anything that makes users really happy. Um, And so as as crazy as that sounds, I mean, no one when Snapchat got started, I would have probably been willing to bet that that would not become the business, the multi-billion dollar value business that it has become today. And I think that... Um, They really focused on their users and making the user experience awesome as opposed to just making revenue from day one. And so I would say do something you're passionate about and that users will enjoy and will come back to. You know, retention and engagement has clearly become something that is so highly valued and it's not just user acquisition. So I would say that's kind of the overall learning I've had um, and, and something I pass on to every aspiring entrepreneur, especially college students that I meet. Um, something that will you know maintain its value throughout someone's life or at least throughout a few years. Um, so I, I love hardware, but I am not a hardware person in terms of building companies in the hardware space. So I'm really interested in learning about hardware companies, but I would say software companies for sure are where I'm most interested. And I think especially mobile is where I'm starting to shift more and more of my focus. Um, I've seen how mobile can not only increase engagement and retention, but um, especially with the next few billion people mm-hmm. in the world coming online via mobile phones, I think that's going to be how anyone scales.
0: Absolutely, that's super interesting. So, are there any uh, apps, books, devices, or tools that you're you know super obsessed with or that you use on a daily basis?
2: Oh, um, I would say that's a great question. I would say in terms of, I mean, obviously my iPhone is always in my hands. Um, I do love the utility apps that have me opening them at least once a day. So Venmo for me is huge. Um, I'd say obviously campus job is very, very vital to me. Um, it's not just my business, but I know that if I were a college student, I probably, I mean, I get emails from college students all the time saying, I get ten emails from you a day because I subscribe to get an email every single time there's a new job at my school, and you guys have gotten me like four jobs in the past three months, and I'm so happy. So, awesome. yes, yeah, so I would say campus job, um, and probably Uber. I know it's kind of a cop out of an answer because everyone's been talking about Uber so much recently, but I seriously have just been fascinated by. Um, you know, I started using Uber soon after it first came out, and it was not nearly as efficient. Um, a, a system as it is today. And I just am constantly fascinated by it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So not an Android user, I see.
2: I was when I worked at Google. But I have to say, I just I think that iOS is just so much smoother. And also most apps I find um, that come out and that I want to download right away come out on iPhone first. So I, I, because I'm an early adapter, I guess I had to switch to iOS.
1: There you go. So do you have any last thoughts or personal mottos that you live by and think others should know about?
2: Um, do what you're passionate about and you will be successful. I know it sounds corny, but JJ, my co-founder and I had about a million other ideas for businesses that we could start. Um, but none of them and all of them I think could be making us maybe even more revenue than we make today for a campus job. But none of them were something that we would want to spend seven days a week and 18 hours a day on. And today, um, as well as the past probably seven months, maybe minus three days of vacation um, and three days not uh, consecutively, JJ and I and my whole team actually for that matter has put in you know seven days a week 16 to 18 hours a day non-stop and it's only because of the fact that we're so passionate and if you look at any of us you wouldn't say oh they're so run down and tired like we all are just constantly glowing because what we're doing is actually making a difference in the world um so i just think doing what you're passionate about will keep you going and will is the only thing that will help you be successful as an
0: entrepreneur absolutely that's huge So that's it. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us uh, today. Liz, really appreciate you sharing your insights and and experiences with us. It was an amazing episode.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.
0: Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content and more. Thanks for listening and see you next time.